What's better than this? Guys being dudes. This podcast contains themes and language of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. Hello and welcome to the Tree Busted Barstools podcast. You are welcome to episode 11, season 1, the penultimate um, episode for season 1. You're joined by myself, the Sasquatch, and the Doctor. Um, how are you, Doctor? Good, good. Not too bad. Uh, yeah, good good, uh, good weekend. Nice weather. Good uh, line-up of sports. Um, yeah, so yeah, no complaints. I had a terrible, terrible weekend. This has been recorded post another crushing Arsenal victory or the first <laughs> rather for the worst club in the country as well uh, yeah I've seen about a million memes so far so unreal gotta be the the best club in the world for memes I think oh definitely yeah yeah the only thing banter um, yeah I'm I'm pretty pretty much happy out with Man United's turn of fortunes uh, yeah. 17 games unbeaten um, hopefully they keep that run up only four games remaining so hopefully they secure a Champions League spot I suppose a lot's changed since the, the last podcast obviously there was mm. the game companion for the Arsenal Man City match um, yeah West Ham look relatively safe um, Norwich officially relegated yeah. Bournemouth in trouble mm. Villa probably in trouble and then it's, I think it's Watford West Ham 34 points and Brighton are on thirty six and imagine Brighton are safe. Um Yeah. But outside of that, I think it's Bournemouth Villa. Just from looking at the table, I think most teams have either three or four games left, so it's gonna be an interesting yeah, yeah. one. Um Yeah. So uh do you wanna just take us through the topic for this week's episode? Yeah, so basically we're just we're we're gonna go with um what's next in sport, um, i.e. what kind of things will different sports do post-COVID mm. that would kind of shake up how they kind of run their, their organisations, the effect it'll have on like the their players, participants, and spectators, parents, whatever, mm. the kind of financial impacts that it will have yeah. as well, coinciding with compliance, basically. Um, you know what they need to, to to kind of continue in the way they want to continue now, uh, post COVID. Or obviously, it's still here. There's no vaccine. There's still cases coming. Um, but just in terms of keeping it safe so that they can continue yeah. and not have everyone sit inside indoors doing nothing, basically. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I wonder what kind of like you would imagine that like even if we we find a vaccine in the morning, there still might be some residual effects. Mm-hmm. Um. This is a wild one for you anyway, but there was a fellow who did it, now it's a small sample size, but he did, of all the leagues that returned, it's a soccer study, um, and he found that there's still, the results matched up, the results post-COVID lockdown, um, shouldn't say post-COVID because it's still here, but the results post-COVID lockdown matched up with the results so far this season, pre-COVID. So his argument was that home fans don't directly influence the result. 
that's, still the same that's brilliant. Still the same percentage yeah. in leagues of home wins. Um, yeah. I suppose you could argue maybe like certain clubs have more of an advantage at home than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't it? It's a small sample size, but it's, it's interesting enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Fans is probably the huge one in the the initial kind of three to six months coming out of this um, low numbers yeah. events and I suppose it's not just COVID I mean like this yeah big time big time obviously look, yeah. it's changing in general um, I suppose like it, it's not necessarily a COVID one but Patrick Mahomes obviously I don't know if you've seen signed that super super contract um, just last week it's contract yeah yeah. 503 million um, over 10 years it's actually incredibly sound soundly structured um, contract because a lot of times when an NFL side gives a big contract what it'll do is it'll limit their ability to sign kind of skilled position players and kind of other players because the majority of their, their salary cap is tied up in the quarterback but they've done a, kind of a, a good deal yeah but the reason why it's interesting Especially with kind of the political landscape in America, um, is um, the next kind of two big names to get signed to a contract is Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, who are both quarterbacks as well. So you're potentially looking at a landscape in maybe a year to eighteen months' time where the top three best played players are African American quarterbacks. Which, if you went back to, to like December nineteen ninety nine and said to someone, yeah. Don't worry about the Y2K virus. Donald Trump is going to be your <laughs> president. The economy will lock down for three months in 20 years' time because of a, a pneumonia-like virus. And the top three play players in the NFL will be African-American quarterbacks. The last thing you told them was the least likely to come to, to, to fruition. To um, fruition, yeah. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. Yeah, geez, very, uh, very interesting indeed. Um, yeah, a lot because obviously, you know, I mean that's that's huge, five hundred three over ten. And is that is that just like the is that just what the franchise are going to pay him? Does that not include like sponsorships? Where does you, not include tour parties like, like Adidas or other? Does not include tour parties. Holy does not Christ. include tour parties. That's, and then, it, like in America, you'll have yeah. like State Farm, AT and T, you have all these. Yeah. Yeah. These real American country uh, companies sponsor them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, but, that is a. Uh, it's a lot of money, and if he if he goes really out now, insane. plays the first game of the season, and gets injured, mm. and never plays again, they owe him one hundred and forty million. Which is a nice. A nice little bit of a security blanket as a professional athlete. That if you're injured, you get 140 million. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, that's definitely something. Um, like, I mean, that's that's huge. But you know, in uh, MLS, they have the the salary cap. I think we were talking about this before. <laughs> Shout out to the USA soccer guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, on our Instagram, uh, three busted bar stools. Uh, so basically, screenshotted and reposted um, a USA soccer guy post um, about Leeds United getting the W. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's, it's Leeds Unity. Leeds Unity, yeah, <laughs> he added to it. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks. Uh, what what an entertaining 
uh, page. Oh, that's fantastic. If you if you haven't checked it out, check it out. USA Soccer Guy. Um, oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. Anyway, so what were you were you saying? Sorry. Um, yeah, about like money that that people earn. Obviously, a, a lot of clubs would be under serious financial pressures. I wonder if there's kind of regulations or laws that associations are going to try and bring in to cap salaries you in see, the future. So, like, you see, like, well, you see, the only the only sports like I know they have it in in. The only team sport that doesn't have a salary, sure. doesn't operate with a salary cap, is association football. All your American sports, salary caps. Yeah. Rugby true. unions and league, salary caps. Everyone else is a salary cap to prevent like clubs going bust and stuff. And equal the playing field. For whatever reason, it's different league by league. Association football is the only one that doesn't have it. Um, and it's probably too late to bring it in. I think like what this is going to affect is your league twos and lower. Yeah, yeah. Premier League's fine. Premier League will always be fine. Yeah. Ah, yeah, definitely. I mean, considering even their their TV rights, their their sponsorships, and even some of the money that, like the owners, of a lot of clubs have, is just enough to be like, yeah, let's that's fine. Let's let's wipe that debt clean, or just let's pump another hundred or two hundred million into the club. Um. Yeah, I was kind of I was thinking there. You know, even from a, a UEFA point of view, you know the way, obviously, there's the second legs of the quarterfinal, the Champions League simply played. Oh, sorry, the last 16. And then the quarterfinal and semifinal are only going to be one-legged. And they're going to have it on neutral turf. So they're playing that in Portugal. And then the Europa League's ones are going to be over four cities, I think, in Germany. Yeah. I was kind of wondering, would they look at going forward even trying it for a season and see how it works with the fans obviously they're doing it now to finish this season's one but next season would they go forward with one legged last 16 quarterfinal and semi-finals in neutral venue do you know like you would it sit well with the club or would it sit well with the fans I think it will once it's at the start of the season and everyone knows getting into it it like mm. what sells sport is the kind of do or die I like one chance, like Champions League semi-finals and quarterfinals, don't get me wrong, they're, they're brilliant anyway, even though they're over two legs. But if it's just yeah, yeah, knockout fo- pure knockout football, pure unadulterated knockout football, you can't mm. not sell that to a club. The only thing is, do you then, as a result, say, well, look, right, Grand, last sixteen and quarterfinals are at the home venue of the highest seeded club, but semi-finals mm. and finals are neutral venue. Well, final obviously, yeah. semi-finals are neutral venue. That's the only thing you probably have to look at. Um, the, the idea of the two legs is it gives both teams an equal opportunity at home. The equal opportunity, yeah. But as I've already stated, it's been it's now been proven. The home fans don't influence the result. Don't influence the result, yeah, that's it. Um, it, it, it yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly a lot to, to ponder across all sports. I mean, you see you see them, you see see them, sports come back. Obviously, like the football is... is entertaining and there's like um i think formula one and stuff is back bit yeah. of golf bit of horse racing obviously no fans there but you know um yeah it'd be interesting to see what it's going to be like once they announce okay we can start having crowds our fans back but like what procedures are they going to put in place for the return yeah um look i think the fans is an interesting one obviously because 
Because you can't just obviously fill in eight contact with people, yeah. But you can't just fill in yeah, eight exactly, yeah. straight. So it's going to have to be, like, it's going to have to probably be 500 to begin with, equally spaced. Yeah. Then a thousand, then, uh, like, it's it's a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. Um, I actually don't think we're yeah. going to have fans for a long time. Um, yeah, true, true. Uh, because there is this whole threat of the second wave, and you see mm-hmm. a lot of countries are, like, reimposing like local lockdowns but that's probably only a matter of time before they have to do national lockdowns again I mean you see it happened in uh, Catalonia uh, Leicester and then I think one or two other well, like uh, Melbourne in Australia in Melbourne in Australia which is, yeah. Which, because Australia wasn't that hard to hit to begin with I think the numbers coming out yeah. of Melbourne are, are similar to the entire country yeah so yeah look it's in, but the the I don't know how true this is, but I heard a story that basically the reason for the rise in Melbourne is in Australia they were making sure, um, and I hope we're not liable for this because it's, it's just a rumor, <laughs> but uh, they were making all new entrants to Australia quarantine in a mm-hmm. hotel. But obviously the security guards were locally sourced, and I think there was a bit of fraternization between the security guards and the people who were quarantined for two weeks and then they yeah, oh. the brought back into the community and that's why they would not spike. be surprised that was someone with their mickey out <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely yeah um yeah matt's matt's state of affairs um i mean e- even looking at you know because there's still a couple of uh clubs in European football, that domestic leagues could be pushed back probably by as much as a month, whereas usually they'd all start in August. Yeah. But um, European football is continuing in August. It might be a September one. And that might give an opportunity to kind of restructure their competition. So I know like there's one or two people saying they wouldn't mind getting rid of the likes of the, the second tier cups, so like the Carabao Cup and whatever it is, and think we're just keeping the FA Cup keeping the Copa del Rey, the Copa Italia and stuff like that. Well, there's... Um, so that they're not having so many games squeezed together as well that if, you know, there is a chance that there's a cancellation of something or a postponement that they have a, a wider calendar to use. It's not even that too. It's also the fact that you've got the, the spectre of Euro 2020 looming next summer as yeah, well. Yeah, So, I mean, you're going to have to cut fixtures regardless, especially if you start that bit later. Yeah. Or Euro twenty twenty plus one, I think they're calling it now. Yeah, they're not changing the name. Which not is, changing the name, yeah. yeah. Spent so much on Brandon. Yeah, it's the same, as, same, as, same with the Olympics. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, today would have actually been the final of Euro twenty twenty in, uh, in Wembley. Wembley. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And instead, we got treated to a drab, not London <laughs> derby, where, oh, <laughs> that's what kills me with Arsenal because. It was so obvious that, like, it's a Jose Mourinho side. Yeah. They're going to park the bus. Not alone that, they had to play on Thursday night and then we're following up on a Sunday. So Arsenal scored, like, perfect goal from Lacazette. And if they yeah. just held out, at least till the water break, mm. couldn't even hold out five minutes. Oh, just fucking. they kill you, like. Yeah. I know, there's actually. This, did you, like, see, I, I didn't see the match. You say they scored after just after the water break, was it? No, as in like Lacazette scored a screamer. Um, not only from Jordan yeah. official times. I'd say it was maybe twenty minutes into the game. 
and like your yeah. your water break is like 22 23 minutes yeah i'm actually going to look up the the, the times the goals were scored now because like arson literally if they hell out like it was like it was a calamitous goal as well um between Kalasnich and fucking Dab mm. Louise. So it's not a good combination, but oh, it was it was it was rough now. And uh, let me see. Yeah, the, so, so well, like so, I said, scored sixteen and Sony equalised a couple of minutes later. A couple of minutes later, three minutes later, nineteen minutes. So if Arsenal had scored in the sixteen minute and held out till the twenty third minute then like you can get a bit of extra coaching you can settle the heads <laughs> just yes yeah. i have to laugh because otherwise i'd be just crying are you are you a fan of are you a fan of the water break um no but like i don't think that's the thing a lot of people have thought this is brought in because of covid it's not it's been brought it's in because they're the playing football in june fucking searing heat yeah exactly yeah. yeah uh so like if we return in september in a in the same kind of fashion, there won't be a water break. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, because um, it's a lot cooler and stuff. They're obviously not as they get a bit wrecked. cuter about it too, as well. I think like I think the logic as well is that like it, it's easier to make sure players aren't drinking from the same bottle and stuff. But mm. so they all should be clean anyway. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I suppose another thing then was. I, I was I was saying I know we mentioned this in the the text earlier on was uh, UFC and how would they kind of plan to retire? I know they've had a couple, yeah, over the last couple of months. And last night was a fight island, wasn't it? Yeah, I it was the first time fight island. I didn't I didn't say fight either. And um, we had a resident um, specialist who would have been able to fill us all in, but maybe because of it, he's not here today. Um, but it's an interesting topic because. The UFC will bring so much money into Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they're going to operate on a fight island, I don't actually even know where it is. I think it might be off the coast of Florida. It could be wrong. Probably more than likely. Yeah. Not. It's really interesting. Yeah. But I'm um, sure that I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty of islands that they could that's big enough that they could rent to. Yeah. In hot hot climates, um, but it's it's kind of like, you know, is there a fear there that if they go like with that and not have a full calendar where they're doing it in fight island but if they start doing that it's obviously kind of going to be a bit more expensive so they do they make it a bit more elitist in terms of the clientele that would pay the prices and stuff like that that's the thing it's you know what i mean like i mean like i mean me or me or you i'd say would have the money to comfortably fly to vegas and get tickets to an octagon UFC event. Well, <laughs> do you know if I cashed in my life savings, I would. And didn't um, do nothing else for the rest of the year. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, stop spending ten quid a day on coffees. Yeah. Um, but it, it well, I don't know if it's a premise that operates outside. That operates in a, in a world without any COVID. It's mm. it's simply because they don't have any fans that they can do this. Mm. But like, I think there's too much money in Vegas. For them, to, yeah, yeah. for them to ever can consider this long term um, but it's interesting but there has been some changes like someone was saying to me um, that they've made the octagon a little bit smaller okay. um, so it kind of favours the wrestler as opposed to the striker um, which is a strange move I kind of thought because to me if you're trying to attract a neutral fan you want the knockout 
as opposed to the grapple. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like it, it's more moved towards the more traditional MMA fan. Um, but again, my knowledge is very limited. I'll hold my hands up on that straight away. Oh yeah, the same, the same here. That's why we need our boy. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though the like the the potential rule changes and stuff like that. Um, like I'm still not sure on the NBA. I know the NRL made some rule changes. The Premier League, I don't know if they'll stick with, say, the, the five subs. I think that is purely due to the... Yeah, that's, that's the purely because it's the... This, yeah. And the lower um, recovery times. No, I think, I think they'll revert back to it, yeah. They'll revert back to, to having three. Um, what I was... But like, yeah, I, 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 we, we kind of see, I mean, like, if, if clubs and, like, management of players think, you know... This actually isn't bad. Maybe get rid of the water break, but having the five subs would be good. I don't know. They may look at it as a long-term thing, but yeah, I don't know. I think it allows for more a greater influence of the manager mm. on, a, on a on performance. Um, yeah. Like, and I understand people would be like, "Oh, well, like the professional at least should be able to play ninety minutes," and that's that's fine. But this is like yeah. tactics we're talking about here. Yeah. Um. Hey everyone, it's the Sasquatch here from the Tree Busted Barstools podcast. Just to let you all aware that we use Anchor.fm and we're recording and producing all our, our podcasts. It has easy tools to kind of record, edit, and then also distribute your podcast. So you'll find it easily on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is all done for you. Um, it's completely free and then it also allows you the ability to make money in your podcast through sponsorship ads such as this one um to find out more or to get started please visit anchor.fm or download the app via the google app store or the apple app store what i am a little bit disappointed with is we didn't see an awful lot of new ways of thinking like a lot of like who like the fa could have literally said right look we know Liverpool are going to win the Premier League. Yeah. We're just trying to finish out the season. <clears throat> I'm surprised they didn't come back with like a, being a bit more creative to see what can we try, how far can we push the Premier League. Like, I, like I don't even know what they do, but we didn't see any... Like, uh, there's no major rule changes. Um they didn't yeah, fully investigate VAR. They three months to fully investigate VAR. Yeah. And it's still giving issues. Like they could have really perfected it in the dream. Yes. Some of yeah, some of the decisions that I've been seeing, uh, it's been very controversial. Uh again today there was a, in, a, an incident in the Villa match uh where they gave a handball against one of their guys. But it was kinda like on the, the top of the shoulder, almost neck. And I think they judged that to be a handball. Now they're saying one of their rules is even ball to hand, whether it's unintentional or not. If it hits your your hand or your arm, it's mm. like a penalty or not a goal or it's a free kick or whatever. So they're looking at that, and they were looking at there was one there. Oh God, I forget the match, but they had scored a goal, and it wasn't given because they said the player had a judge to block the view of the keeper but your man was on the ground when the ball had gone in he went down on the ground 
and then they scored from it from another player and then they were calling for VAR and then they were like no you were no I th- think they won the game in the end they were like yeah, you were actually in full view of the, the goalkeeper uh, but it didn't seem that way hmm. having looked at the replay um, so it's kind of those kind of things that are really starting to piss managers off and starting to piss players off um, just as we speak there um, there's a match on Bournemouth uh, have levelled from the spot against Leicester um, 65 minutes in just just to point that out just a short right right now. a bit of live read. <laughs> yeah, um, it's as soon as I see them start to draw lines, that's when I'm. That's when I'm gone. Um, like there was an there was an incident uh, in the Arsenal Leicester game, and Katie's red card. I don't know, did you see the Arsenal Leicester game during the week? I did actually. Yeah. Um, talk talk me through it again till I so, remember. So, and so, Katie went in, studs up. I watched live, and I was like, look. As an Arsenal fan, even still, it's yeah. a red card. It wasn't horrific, but those are showing in the game now. That's a red card. Mm. Um, it went to VAR, and they literally checked it for two minutes. And I think it was Michael Oliver again was the referee. Yeah, yeah. He went straight over to the screen, watched it. He watched it once, and he gave a red card. It was like, well, the guys operating VAR are still referees, so why did he only need to see it once, but they need to watch it back and back for, for three minutes? Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Th- it's... Generally, like in life, I think the longer you take to make a decision, generally the worse it is. You worse it is, exactly. Shoot yeah. it from the hip. Like if you're wrong, you're wrong. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's one of the things that that really frustrated me. That we're still they dream once to say, right? Look, let's just have a meeting. Let's have a meeting, lads, via Zoom. Get the tinnies out. And let's try and solve our. Um, because I do see the benefits in it. Bush. Yeah. And then you also had the incident, I suppose, as well. Um, the first game back, the Villa Sheffield United game, where the watch didn't oh, go God, off. Oh, God, that was a. Uh, yeah, oh. your man's watch didn't go off, and they admitted that, but somebody forgot to switch it on or something like that. Uh, they didn't admit, they didn't admit that. And you could see them all proper cheering and running away from the goal, and then yeah. they're like, uh, the referee is like, what? No, my watch didn't go off. Like, oh. that was. Oh, was, oh, that was scandalous. Hawkeye came up with a bullshit excuse. They said basically um, it was a really rare shot. And yeah. uh, of the like 17 cameras that were on the goal, none of them could clearly. But like live and in all the replays, it was clearly across the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some forgot the charges watch. Basically. Yeah. Forgot to put his Fitbit on charge. That's it. Um, oh, 67 minutes in. Bournemouth are 2 1 up against Leicester. This is huge. Oh, wow. Wasn't expecting that. Had a bet on Leicester to win. <laughs> that really changed it. Well, it's it's positive for you, obviously. It's positive for me, yeah, yeah. As a man but United then fan. the relegation battle, that's huge. Um, let me see. Let's get yeah. it. Yeah. And Sayunku has been sent off. Brendan Rodgers does not look happy. Yeah, so that the table as things stand currently leads Norwich obviously gone twenty one points, Villa nineteenth and thirty points, Bournemouth eighteen thirty one points, West Ham Watford thirty four points, um seventeen and sixteen respectively. What uh, West Ham with the lead on goal difference, and then Brighton in fifteen and thirty six points. That win for Bournemouth, all it really does is it makes it a little bit harder for Villa, but it drags Watford mm. and West Ham back in. Back in, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 I'm at three games to go as well. Yeah. So now I think they're, I think they're, um, 
I, I think their their run in uh, is is a bit tougher than most. So they have to go to the Etihad on on Wednesday night for it do. Let's see. That's a, it. It's fairly tough. One. Um, yeah, but my man's even on the play for. Yeah, and then once, true, they get yeah, out, once they get over, once they get over Man City, it's Southampton, and it's Everton. Yeah, play for. They can't even. I don't think either of those okay. sides can get Europa League. Um, from what I looked at, I think I remember looking at it the very time we came back, and West Ham had the West Ham of Watford. That's now a huge game. Yeah, because whoever wins that is, is I'd say, is safe. Um, and then they've United and oh Villa, yeah, definitely and Villa. Time. See, the thing about West Ham is they have it in their hands. Yeah. Um, out of all the sides there, they have it in their hands. Yeah, they're in a, they're, they're in a very interesting position because there's a lot of talk about kind of David Moyes and the vision that he has. Now, obviously, that clearly depends on whether they stay up or not. I mean, if they were to have a complete collapse and then you see Bournemouth making progress, Villa winning today, if they were to go down, those whole plans are scuppered. So... He was over in, he spent some time over in Leipzig and then he was talking about bringing that whole footballing model mm. to West Ham and turning them into, you know, relegation fires, from relegation fires into like mid-table, top half of the table team, hopefully competing for, for Europe. But, but is Leipzig's um, model not based on having a shit on money? Yeah, yeah. You know, and they have really, really good players. And considering they're only about fourteen years old, or probably younger, yeah. Um, you know, and they have really, really top players, and they've had some really good finishes in Bundesliga the last number of years since they they uh, got up there. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, our, our boy who's missing, he's a West Ham fan, and even he'll tell you like the board are a shower of wankers. Mm-hmm. So it kind of d- depends on them, um, as well if they're going to be given financial support to buy players in, pay the wages. Mm. And then if they fit into the kind of the style of play that Moisey wants to play, um, they would have kind of a, a good chance of improving and becoming that kind of mid-table team. But, I mean, West Ham should be kind of aiming a bit higher than that. I know the, I would the, say. the stadium's a huge issue um, when it shouldn't. Yeah, big issue. Like, like, they got that for nothing. In the grand scheme of, like, Stadiums in the Premier League, they got it for nothing because of yeah. it was like it was almost like a freebie nearly because I think it was after yeah. London 2012, so they just wanted someone to use it. Um, it's just the council just wanted someone to use it, yeah. But I know a lot, a lot of fans don't like they're further away from the pitch and stuff like that. I know that's a constant issue, but if you just distract from that for a minute, you look at the stadium, you look at the history, you look at the amount yeah. of fans they have. West Ham should always be top yeah. 10, always. Yeah, and outside the top ten, they should be in the Europa League regularly. And outside of that, yeah. it's not good enough. So, yeah, it's it's strange. Like the one of they're a club that I don't think a lot of people actually hate outside the middle. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like people do. Uh, kind of speak, speak, speaking of speaking of which, they're not they're not far off a, a playoff spot. I think they're like three or four points outside of the the top six in the championship. Um, can't really see it happening, but my God, what a story that would be if they did end up in the playoffs and end up getting a promotion. Premier League, I don't know. Two points off, two points off the, the, the playoffs. I think Leeds Unity are going <laughs> to... Leeds Unity, 
Definitely. And I'd say second place there is between West Brom and Brentford. There's three games remaining, so Brentford I never know what might happen. an incredible story, let me tell you. They're, like, they're on a roll. I think they've like won. I think they've won their last eight or nine in a row. They are. And they're really, really story. up there. They're they've heavily invested in analytics, and it's yeah. the same as oh, what's the club? I think it might be FC Michelin. I could be wrong. Do you remember FC Michelin? They like all of a sudden were in the European competitions. And yeah, United played them two or three seasons ago, didn't they? Yeah, they're like Danish. They're not Danish. They're like they're like Finland or they're Norwegian. So Norwegian, yeah, and they're the same. They're owned by the same people. They're just heavily invested in like sports analytics. Yeah. the chairman actually made his money from using analytics to uh, win a lot of money gambling as a professional gambler. Um, yeah, so that's his whole model. But it's literally they'll be the first real people to bring kind of this money ball, astro ball way of thinking into football yeah. effort to be a success. Because Brentford's not a huge. It's never traditionally been a huge club. So yeah, geez, it'd be a fairy tale for them to go up. Fairy tale. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. Um, Pave the way for a lot of clubs down there to, to yeah to be successful. I mean, like not every club can handle the Premier League. But, like for a club of that size to be in the Championship, it's a huge achievement. It's a huge. It's a yeah. successful business model as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting now. The next, uh, the next. I think it's. it's They've all their final games over the next two weeks. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of know by the end of the month. Surely Leeds are there. They need, I think, one more point if Brentford fail to win their next match. Uh, they're on a roll, so I don't see it. I'd say they're... I, I can't imagine Leeds bottling it now. Um, but we kind of know who's in the Premier League. If they don't, exactly, yeah. Especially after um, after last season. I'd, I'd like to see Leeds back in it. I think they've suffered enough. Yeah, so would I. I mean, they're. I, I can remember actually. I think it was the season before they went down when they beat Arsenal three two. Uh Highbury, Mark Vidal getting Harry Kill. I think were two but that goal was the, scores. But that, that was, was to like, actually keep them up as well. Like that was to keep them up and a handed Man United the title. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a, there's a great old ding dong. And someone they they've still gone forward in the Champions League than City have ever gone as well. So yeah, true. Under a, a very young David O'Leary. Yeah, worst thing they ever did was get rid of him. Yeah, um, true. You know, but I, I'd I'd like to I'd like to see them not make the same mistakes. So they need to like not pay massive wages. Mm. Not Jeez, be paying so over the odds. Some not not pay over rubbish. the odds for players, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, some really good footballers, um, but they they just need to, yeah. He did some. Um, job who else came out of there? Rio Ferdinand, um, Harry Rio Ferdinand, James Milner, Harry Kane, Mark Viduka, yeah. Mark Viduka, um, Lee Jonathan Woodgate, Johnny Woodgate, yeah. Robbie Keane was with them as well. Robbie Keane was with them, yeah. Jesus. So remember, yeah, remember top class players. Remember story about Alan Smith, uh, Tony Abo as well. That's going back a bit longer, but uh, I remember Alan Smith was playing for Leeds, and mm-hmm. someone threw a bottle at him on the pitch, Jeez. and he picked it up and fucked it back into the stands, and he hit his sister. <laughs> what the chances <laughs> of that? Oh, 
like that's fucking mad. Hell of a shot, like a glass bottle, like a fucking split sister. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I suppose uh, we might kind of move towards kind of finishing it up. Um, yeah. I suppose, yeah. What do you see as being the major changes to kind of summarise it? What do you think are going to be the major changes? Not just as a result of COVID, but just as sport transcends into the 2020s, I suppose, because we are still first year, not a great year, first year in a decade. Yeah, Jesus, I, I think it's 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 more got to do with just kind of like the the public health device and the, the compliance more so if they want to really kind of come back to where they want to be or to where it was and having crowds back as well, even if that is, like, as you said, phasing it in with smaller crowds to start off and then bigger crowds. But again, they'll still have their time to look at their rules and regulations in areas that have been highly critical and sit down and be like, you know, what can we do here to make these improvements mm. that aren't too kind of far-fetched or... And I suppose there's a huge thing as well with bringing fans into it. Which is that, like, you can control them what they do in the stadium, but you mm-hmm. can't control what they do before. You can't control them in the pubs after. Yeah. That's, I think, where the issue is. Like, I mean, can you yeah. imagine trying to get a, a, a football fan, like, football <laughs> firms to socially distance before a game? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. There's no, uh, there's no chance. But, yeah, that, it, and that again, like, you would kind of be, like, the local authorities would have to get involved and they'd have to be relying on the likes of the, the pubs and stuff like that to, you know, if social distancing is still in place three, four, five, six months from now, don't be having big fucking massive crowds where you can't move. In, they might have um, to close pubs before games and yeah, open, them three true, hours actually, yeah. open them three hours after. Afterwards, yeah. Yeah, sure. That's that's uh, that's why they, they have uh, old firms at 12 o'clock. Mm, so they can't drink before so yeah. that people aren't going in and getting absolutely fucking langers beforehand mm. um, same with the but yeah, uh, I, I, I think. yeah yeah but I, I reckon it'll be it'll be a case of you know that they'll be looking at bringing in like with ourselves in our own buildings where we work uh, temperature checks and if you're anywhere 30, 37.5 above you're just refused Mm. I think it's going to be as harsh as incredibly harsh as that sounds yeah, and I think a flu as well is going to be um, yeah but it's interesting one on the, the the temperature checks obviously I never should up about it but the NRL <laughs> is back but yeah a lot of the games are played in Darwin in North Queensland which is incredibly hot mm. and humid and what was happening for the first few weeks is there'll be about six or seven players from the visiting team failing the temperature checks yeah and then have to sit them down and cool them down and then do it yeah <clears throat> yeah but like if you're like especially for from a work environment if you're running late throw a coffee into you yeah go bel- belting in the door to, be- to beat the time <clears throat> machine like of course you're going to fail it so, yeah 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 it's going to be interesting I suppose for myself um, it's not necessarily related to COVID actually Um I think we're going to demand a higher standard from our sports stars uh, in terms of speaking out um, about societal issues. So, like, you look at the great work that Marcus Rashford did over the COVID period. 
yeah. in, in stark contrast to say like a Jack Grealish or Kyle Walker mm-hmm. I think we're, we're, we're going to start to demand the higher standard from our sports stars um, yeah I think that's oh something. big time absolutely I mean they're they're there because they can they can use their influence for good so much mm. and only a very small percentage actually do like what you were saying with Marcus Rashford um, Troy Deeney would be another one mm. but then you look on the other kind of side of that and you see Jack Grealish and uh, Kyle Walker acting the bollocks and Jay Lings <laughs> and Jay, just, Ling, Jay Lings yeah just being a taste. Um, um, but yeah no they, they should definitely be they should definitely be um, using their influence more for, for good and getting involved in these kind of projects and, and fighting the likes mm. of the government on what Marcus Rashford done having the um, kind of money still there for the, the kids uh, breakfast programs and lunch programs during the yeah. summertime and they're off um, I just I just think it was it was very painfully clear when the world had stopped and she were watching everything mm. the impact say Marcus Rashford had um and how it can be like he's just like at the end of the day he's not just but he is just a football player but he's that much of a following that if he chooses to fight yeah um, and then obviously yeah. you can go into the NFL and you can go to all the NFL players speaking up now in the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that I do think we're just gonna start to demand a higher calibre of athlete um, off the field yeah um, exactly yeah that's kind of my personal opinion on it anyway. Um, yeah, true. I'd actually, I'd, I'd 100% agree. <laughs> Three one Bournemouth. Sorry to cut across it. Ooh, that's huge. Yeah, very, Absolutely very big. Huge. Leicester have just had a complete dip of form in the second half of the season. Just since that break, yeah. I thought just they... since the, the break. Well, even before that, a couple of the results uh, went the wrong way. I mean, they were even above Man City and they were kind of wouldn't say toe to toe Liverpool, but they were in second place for a while and then just It's a point between themselves now with Man United and Man United have a game in hand. Game in hand, yeah, playing Southampton uh, tomorrow yeah. at eight PM. Look at their look at their recent form, like lost against City, lost against Norwich. Bet Birmingham, that was FA Cup, was it I think? Mm-hmm. Bet yeah. Villa. Drew at Watford, drew at um Brighton, lost to Chelsea, lost to Everton, Bet Palace and drew at Arsenal. So it's not a great run of form. Do you know, drama with Arsenal. Not a great one for him at all. It's a disappointing result for Leicester. <laughs> yeah. True, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'd absolutely 100% agree with you. Definitely a higher uh, standard of, of kind of off-the-field behaviour and off-the-field action mm-hmm. uh, from, from from sports stars. Because they ha- they do have, like, I mean, they, yeah, you're right, they have such a huge following. And, and they know that if they're setting a good example, it's going to influence people mm. to, to set a, a, a good example as well. Whereas people may people may talk, but the action from them isn't there. And then if they see the likes of what Marcus Rashford and stuff is doing, then they might might kick them into the action, whether that's making donations to, to worthy causes or even volunteering their time Yeah, for, for a, a charity just, or a movement, you know? Just not being an idiot. Just not being an idiot, exactly, yeah. 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 Um, I think yeah. we'll leave it there. We leave it there, yeah. And um, hopefully we, we'll have a, a episode 12, season one, spectacular. So for, yeah, before we take your break. for the end of the season. And sign off at the end of the season and have the full the full compliment. Um, yeah, and hopefully get a few fan questions in just for the, the last one. And yeah, a couple of fan Great questions might be nice. 
Might, uh, might text USA Soccer Guy and ask him, has he got a question? Yeah. That would be brilliant. If he's looking at her story, yeah. 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 Throw it out to him. Um, brilliant. All right. Um, well, look, I've been the Sasquatch. He's been the doctor. Um, thanks for tuning in. All the best and have a nice evening.